0: That one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 237 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out the episode. This is the 13th of my preview episodes for 2023. I have Three other ones recorded, which I'll be bringing to you this week, and going to be getting GWS and Adelaide recorded here very soon. In a moment, I'm going to be joined by Jake Botel of the Chaps Chat Cats show, and we're going to be previewing, and I'll say it just one time in this episode, the defending premieres, the Geelong Cats for 2023. Now, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout out during an upcoming episode, Drop me a note via email at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com or reach out on one of my socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find all of those on my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can also find them in the show notes for this episode if you're listening as well. Now, today's club of the episode are the Colbin, Aubin, Hoppers Football and Netball League. And this club was founded way back in 1915, so they are well over 100 years old. The club plays its first practice match on Saturday, the 4th of March, at 11 a.m. against Romsey. And I believe they are the Redbacks, if I'm not mistaken. Now, last week, the club held a Shearing Day, which I thought was one of the rather unique events that I have seen talked about and uh, highlighted on a club's social media since I've started giving shout-outs to clubs. It looked very, very interesting. I do wish the Hoppers the absolute best of luck going into 2023. I hope they have a fantastic year. Now, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Jake Botel of the Chaps Chat Cats Show. You can find them on YouTube as well as your favorite podcast hosting site. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our 2023 preview episodes. And while I have truly enjoyed talking to the other dozen supporters so far, this one I'm really looking forward to because looking into the mirror, or looking into the screen, I should say, He's wearing a lot of the same stuff that I've got on. So I'm pretty thrilled about that. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be welcoming Jake Botel from the Chap Chaps Chat Cats podcast. Say that three times fast. Welcome, Jake. Thanks for coming on this morning, man. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh really yeah, appreciate being on the show. This is uh I I've been, you know, following you guys on Twitter and such, and I I tune in when I get the chance and read all your stuff. And it's just, you know. I, I you have so many podcasts, so little time, especially when we're when we're doing our own. We never yes. get the chance to listen to the ones that we want to. Uh, yep. With regards to that, and I've got a I've got a couple true crime ones that I'm that are like weekly ones that I'm so invested in right now that when that one comes out, it's like I have to listen to that one. And then and, and I spend way too much time listening to po- political stuff as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna preview the cats, and uh, well, before we can preview them, we have to review them and i have to i have to ask you this before before we dive in at the outset of 2022 were you predicting a grand final last year
1: um oh look i don't know if we were predicting a grand final but we we certainly have never subscribed on on the chaps chat cats to the idea that you know geelong's um, you know, the demographic of their list, mm-hmm. you know, w- w- was was a disadvantage, or or that you know the finals bug couldn't be overcome. Uh, we we were pretty optimistic going in that like top four was was definitely on the cards, all things being equal, and, and we we really felt if they could make a couple of slight tweaks to how they approach the game, and um, you know, getting the right players fit at the right time, that that this team like. Pretty much every other Cats team for the last fifteen years was going to give a really good effort, uh, you know, and go really close to winning a premiership. So, look, I don't think we would have predicted it. We hoped for it, but but we were pretty confident that the Cats were going to go that top four uh, and have a really good, really good shot at it. And yeah, um, you know, I think what they tweaked really did help. Um, and and you know, they, I, I think it was a masterclass in player management you know oh, getting the right yes. players fit at the right time yeah, yeah.
0: And, I, and and i went back uh a couple days ago during my my lunch at school i i flipped on uh the round one game last from last year and watched the first quarter of the game with Essendon, which was very in many ways it was reminiscent of the first quarter of the grand final and that's not to take a shot at sydney yeah. it's just the cats were really good in the first quarter uh but you know watching them you know running out you know luke dollhouse and Sean Higgins in, in round one, who are, who, you know, they, they were kind of maybe told quietly, guess what guys you've retired. You just don't know it yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, by about round eight <laughs> years so, And, uh, but it just, you know, it just, it was a whole different way that they approached the game last year. And, and I, they, they were talking about that, you know, during the course of that first quarter about how they, and I don't remember who was doing the broadcast, but they were discussing how, you know the cats would often find themselves almost playing defense when they had possession of the ball and that they kind of turned yeah. that on its ear and just became a much more aggressive attacking side. and it worked I think it worked out fabulously for them. So I mean, I was absolutely stoked with with this and as we talked off air, as a Cleveland fan, I don't get to celebrate a whole lot of of wins. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: well, as a Steelers fan, I I made the choice to become a Steelers fan about one year too late. So I've never uh-huh. actually seen them win a Super Bowl. Okay, um, the Steelers. I, I jumped on board just by happenstance, a bit too late. Um, so I, I just if I can add on to the to that sort of stylistic switch that the Cats made. Like, I think that for a long time the Chris Scott Cats were being caught playing Hawthorne football, the sort mm-hmm. of football that Hawthorne played in that three-peat, which was precision kicking, um, you know, to control the football down the field, not let the opponent get a hand on it, um, you know, ruthlessly efficient. And I felt like Geelong really got away from the most important line in their song, which is, we play the game as it should be played, which is free-flowing Geelong footy. Good point. Um. And the thing that the thing that Geelong never brought with them, I felt, if you were going to try and replicate that Hawthorne style, is that Hawthorne always brought ruthless amounts of pressure when they didn't have the ball. And so it became really easy at times for other teams to defend the cats because they could possess the ball on Geelong because Geelong didn't have that fleet of midfielders and small pressure players to to help win the footy back. So, I just think the Cats really got back to doing Cats footy. And, and I think there's a lot of teams around, particularly the successful ones, you know, like clubs like Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. They have a real culture. I think if you walk in the door to any of those teams, that they have a sense of who they are. And you can't just transfer that culture from one team to another. And right, right. I really think Geelong got back to the essence of what the Geelong Football Club should be about last year with the way right. they played.
0: That's a, that's a great point. I like, I like the, the idea of, of the culture there. So, uh, you know, were you able to get to the grand final last year? Were you
1: able to be there? No, I, I, I wasn't. I, but we had three really great, um, family gatherings, okay. uh, you know, with, with, each of the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one was pretty nerve wracked against Collingwood. Yes, I have to yeah. say, and then <laughs> after after that it got a little easier with it with each game that went by Mm -hmm. um we were still nervous there was about i don't know 15 of us packed into a lounge room uh watching the swans game and even at halftime you know just it's funny cats fans despite all the success you still hold on to this the anxiety of the cats pre-2007 where where no lead was safe and Uh and it, it could always be pilfered away and Oh, it was magic. It was a magic time. I, I can imagine for the players to be playing when you know the game is locked away, like the the third quarter starts and the right, right, the goal fest continues. And oh, it was a magic, magic time to watch it in the lounge room as well. It still gives me goosebumps, honestly. Yeah. It was um as as close as I think you'll see to to one team basically having a celebration of their footy, and it was it was everything that's good about Cats footy, you know.
0: And the, and Dur- the, the and Joel kind of Selwood it-
1: goal at the end, yes, yes, typifies it for me. Yeah. You know, that the Brad Close tap, you know, out of midair and Joel mm-hmm. Selwood executing probably the best kick for goal of his career, uh, with his last one,
0: right, was, was pretty magic. And 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 the, you know, not knowing yeah. that it's his last one there, but it's just, it's uh, it is um, it was, I, 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 as a as a you know, support of the, the clubs that I support here in the U.S I I'm never comfortable with any kind of a lead I mean I, I to me even though the cats have been rather successful since I started following the game in 2016. I'm not convinced that they've actually won the game until after the song is finished because I think something could happen if, it, yeah. if it's a, you know if it's a you know, less than a goal game I'm thinking there's somebody out there for the other club that's still going to get to take a free kick for some reason oh they've sung okay now mm-hmm. it's over because I I'm I'm just I've been <laughs> I've been uh you know beaten down too many times with the you know with the 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 teams that I support here in the United States to just you know to just say okay we've got this one because I've said that too many mm. times and we ain't got it. <laughs> so snatching yeah, snatching yep. de- snatch yep. defeat from the jaws of victory far too many times. So you mentioned mm. Joel Selwood. How does the club replace somebody like him? I I don't think you do. I don't think you
1: can. Okay. okay. I, I think yeah, I, this this goes back to the you know the money ball kind of thing where you know you you lose a superstar player and mm-hmm. and the question is well who do we get to replace him and 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 ultimately that they are irreplaceable. Joel Selwood is a, is is a, a legend. He's a myth. He's a mythic figure in the Geelong pantheon. He might be the greatest cat who's ever played so I don't think you can replace that, but but what you're looking for, I guess, you have to move forward somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to trying to to work out what that culture is that he helped create. And then looking for the players and figures in the club who represent those values and and making sure you put them in position to be heard and to guide the club. I think Tom Atkins um yeah, is a really crucial person in this his interview after I can't remember which game it was it was the Port Adelaide game where he'd turned the game on its head in the last quarter Uh, I think he had a career high in clearances he did similar stuff against Richmond in that last gasp win and when he was interviewed after the game he basically said you know um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity I understand there's like 20 other guys who miss selection every week you know, um, mm-hmm. and I'm one of the lucky ones who gets in. So, you know, I'm doing this for them. Like that, to me, typified everything that Selwood and and company have set up the last 15 years. So it's it's guys like Selwood, uh, like Atkins, it's guys like Tom Stewart, mm-hmm. um, who I remember in a final a, a few years back where we were. We were being thrashed in, in a final and uh the team were running in to kick a goal into an open goal square, and Tom Stewart ran from out of frame to try and make a tackle. It, you know, he was never gonna get there, but he was sprinting. Mm-hmm. And that to me typified it that you don't stop running. And and then in the young crop of players, I look at Sam DeConing, who mm-hmm. I think I just get the sense that he has a very ruthless edge and that he's going to be a young player who's going to drive training standards, who's going to push everyone else um, pretty hard. Uh, You know, just because there's a few players who might be signing off in the next couple of years, I think Sam DeConing is is very, I don't know, just from an outsider's perspective, he seems like a player who's very keen to help write a legacy at the club. And I, I just think those three players come to mind yeah. for me, um, along with a guy like Brandon Parfit, who I think mm-hmm. actually embodies a lot of that toughness at the contest um, and selflessness. Right, right. That Selwood had. I think. I think that's how you try and approach it. Is 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 you look to spread that load, sort of onto the other players. I don't think any one person, I think it's too much to expect, you know, someone like Jai Clark to yes, come yes. in and be the that's, second coming of Selwood. That's, a,
0: that's you know? a, I mean, that's a significant amount of pressure on him when people keep saying, well, you know, he's, he is Selwood-esque, if you will. I mean, that's, that's, that's a a mountain on his back that he's carrying right now that he's going to have to try to live up to. And, and hopefully he does. Hopefully he, hopefully he's able to say, mm. you know, in about five years, you know what, y'all, yo? you were right. But uh, I mean, it it this at the present that is a real difficult, you know, first step for him to be taking. You know, I I I think you could maybe even put uh, I think Brad Close might fit into that category as well. I just think he's just a Definitely. just as a a hard nosed you know kid that just mm. and it's one one of the things that you know they don't they just never seem to and and this is not in a way and I guess maybe it's the it's the the game itself. But in, in a lot of ways, this this game is not nearly as much about the, you know, hey, look at me. Look what I did as the NFL is, you know, and the NFL mm. is is in many ways just as much a, a team sport as footy is. But there's a, I think there's a lot more individuals in the NFL than there is in the AFL. And it's you know mm. usually not the guys who are like you know six foot three and you know two hundred eighty pounds. It's the guys who are six foot one and one hundred ninety five who are catching touchdown passes. Uh, <laughs> these are the receivers that yeah. <laughs> that's the case for. So, any speculation? I don't think they've named the new captain yet. Do you think they might take the North Melbourne approach and name co-captains for the time being instead of trying to have one person fill his shoes in that capacity?
1: It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, we, we've been pretty pretty strong on the pod that we would love to see Tom Stewart. Mm -hmm. Um, we said that a couple of years ago, years ago, like I thought it was pretty apparent pretty quickly that, that Tom Stewart embodied everything that, that the Selwood era was, was sort of about. And, you know, he's a local player, you know, who's come from local footy, uh, he's, he's worked his way up. You know, via a different route, um, yeah, and he came, and just he on came the field to the game a little there. bit
0: later than most players did because he he was like till he was like twenty four twenty five before he got with the club.
1: Yeah, I believe so, and, and I think there's a few players like that. Tom Matkins is another one, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I think that that's. I, I like the way that Geelong really emphasises its regionality. You know, to try and bring players in who maybe grew up supporting the cats or have lived in the area and who understand the area. So look, Tom, Tom, Stewart and actually Tom Atkins is one who's, it's probably a bit of a dark horse. I don't know if it'll be this time around, but Tom Atkins is someone who I could easily see being in that leadership group. Um, I'd like them to go ahead and name Tom Stewart captain and, and just give him the opportunity, I guess, to, to be his own, person as i said i don't think you can i don't think you can replace selwood it's always going to be different um but if there's anyone who could at least take the spirit of what selwood uh has meant to geelong i
0: I think tommy stewart would be my would be i think that's a very i think that's a very fair point yeah it's uh and he's a i think he's you know while while he's you know from watching him on the ground he looks like he's a vocal leader on the ground but he's a very quiet leader it looks like author very humble person Mm -hmm. is what it seems to you know just from what i've been able to to garner over the last you know several years of watching the the club he seems to be somebody who's you know much more reserved than maybe some other people which uh i think in in the way that they've set things up down there the way that chris scott has the club going i don't think they necessarily need to have a you know a a somebody who's a rah-rah person let's get in your face and and do that sort of thing i think it's you know you know, it's a it's a club that, as you said, they have that culture built into them that 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 they know how to do the right thing, and they have that consistency and that that continued you know level of success that they've had. So I think it's worked out for them. So are you are you feeling at all guilty about the Jack Bowes trade? Not in the slightest. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not,
1: not in not no not not in the slightest. I think um, it was really interesting following Mm -hmm. this, this off season, how, um, it, it sort of makes you realize how many fans, I suppose, of the AFL might not watch sport from abroad because Mm -hmm. the stuff that sort of went on is it's so commonplace in the NFL that, that well-run teams, um, Mm -hmm. can often take advantage by clubs that have been poorly managed clubs that have mismanaged the cap clubs that have mismanaged the draft. Um, and which, which it sounds harsh.
0: With, yeah. It occasionally happens with poorly run clubs because the Browns took advantage of that about, uh, five years ago Where they, they took on Brock Osweiler's contract from the Houston Texans traded Houston, a fourth mm. rounder, got a second rounder back, kept Osweiler on the club for a year, paid his salary, got rid of him and drafted Nick Chubb with that pick. So it mm. worked out okay for the Browns. <laughs>
1: Well, well, yeah, well, and, and I mean, if, if in from the NS, NFL point of view, I mean, people want to talk about, you know, Cincinnati next year, and I, I, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, and the Steelers mm-hmm. being well run, and the Ravens being well run. I, I think your Browns, are I think they're pretty well run at the moment. I think they're in good shape moving yeah. in, into the future. I, I think they've got some, uh, I think they've made some very smart decisions the last four, four or so years. As, um, long as, we,
0: as long as we have a staff masseuse on hand.
1: Oh yeah, exactly.
0: You got to manage that situation. Like, yeah,
1: and Oh yeah. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole yes, podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think the Jack, Bo- the, the Bose trade, the, the, the trade period, I think what it's, I think clubs learn, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's the, the sort of the laws of the jungle, like evolution happens because look at what Richmond are doing now. They've seen Mm -hmm. what Geelong has done and Richmond are going to try and, and blaze the same trail. And I think just as I said this on a podcast recently, just as um, Richmond fans should be grateful for what, how Geelong have managed their team and provided a blueprint on Mm -hmm. how you can maintain success. Cats fans should be thankful to Richmond because I think Richmond laid the laid the groundwork for the sort of pressure game that Geelong brought back in this year. That's I, I think you know you, you great artists steal, uh, and I think that's, yeah, that's what we're seeing. But no,
0: look, that's I, true.
1: I don't feel guilty about about the trade period. I think um, you have to be really smart about how how you manage your salary cap and and part of it is player development as well that's that's how Geelong you know can take players like Tom Stewart and mm-hmm. you know Tom Atkins and others and, and develop them into quality AFL starters is that they have great player player management and no I don't feel guilty at all I th- I think it was all <laughs> well within the rules and um if the AFL wants to wants to change that that that's fine they can change it but you've got to play to the set of rules that you
0: have in place. And the cats have done that to perfection. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's, and (laughs) you know, you look at the, at the, at what they brought in this, this off season. I mean, it is, you know, everything that I've been reading, you know, online, you know, people have been making arguments that this might be one of the, on paper, one of the best off seasons that a club has ever had in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to, you know, pluck some of these players, you know, bringing in Ali Henry, Tanner Brun, you know, um, getting Jai Clark in that, in that deal. It's just, it's, uh, and then, uh, you know, the young man from Ireland that I don't know much about, but it sounds like he's a terrific Gaelic player, which uh, that's translated rather well to, to footy.
1: Yeah. Well, I've watched a little bit of Oshin Mullen um, for for Mayo when he was playing over in the GAA. I, I don't watch a lot of the football. I watch a lot of the hurling, but I have watched a few football games mm-hmm. with that featured Ocean Mullen and he'll fit perfectly in that Geelong style. He's he's a player who's, you know, played, you know, off the back line, but but has provided that running link up. So he'll dash out of the back line with the ball. He'll, you know, exchange passes with players, get involved in the attack. He can take a score himself. He can get in good attacking positions. He's strong, very strong overhead mark. Uh, He's everything I think that you'd want. In a player like Zach Tui, um, obviously it'll take him a few years Mm -hmm. to to reach sort of Tui's uh, nous and understanding for the intricacies of the game. But as far as an athlete who could transition really well to footy, uh, I think Ocean Mullen is a great pickup. Very exciting. Very
0: exciting. So who are you who are you the most excited about this year that's come into the side that wasn't with them who if you if if you got one that you had to pick, who's the one that you are the most excited about and maybe it is Mullen
1: oh yeah it's a it's it's a good question. Um, look I, th- I think I I, I I am excited to see players like tanner brun and mm-hmm. and Jack Bowes because they've been elsewhere and their AFL careers have sort of, you know, they haven't had the success that they would have liked. I think that those sort of players come in from other clubs with a lot to prove. Then they're, they're not veterans in the sense that, you know, they're not, they're not in the twilight part of their career. They're, they're just sort of getting started. And I think they come and bring so much motivation. Um, I think I am most excited to see Ocean Mullen. I think if, yeah, if you ask me out of the whole crop okay. of them, he might not make. I don't know. Other players may make a bigger impact. I just think it's exciting the type of player he is. Okay. I, I think yeah. that's a really good nod that Geelong are going to keep playing this attacking style of footy because I don't think you bring a player like him in
0: if that's not your intention. Yeah, and and who do you think? You know, because there's not a whole. At least you think about it on paper. There's probably not a whole lot of openings on the, on the 20 or the 23, I should say now with the, with the meta sub Mm. gone, you know, and the strategic sub being used now, who's going to push their way into that? I mean, yes, there is, there is an opening now with, with Joel Selwood gone, but you, one would think that's probably, you know, that maybe Brandon Parfit has the, you know, the the leg up to fill that spot on a permanent basis, but you know, Mm. who else is going to push their way into there, maybe into that, that substitute spot then.
1: It's really hard. It's really hard to know because players like
0: Ryan, it's a great problem.
1: It's a great problem to have. And and I think that was the good thing about you look back at those Richmond, you know, the Richmond um, team that won the three flags. You look back at the Hawthorne, you look back at Geelong, you know, that these teams that have been those sort of dynasties the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. um, they're deep. It's not just that you have, you know, you know, 12 of the best players in the league on your team it's not just that you have the best 18, you need to have, uh, you know, a a 30 or 40 players on your roster that can match up with anybody, you know, you need to be able to bring players in. And I think last year showed it was the first year in a little while that Geelong had that sort of depth where you could bring players in and they would make, you know, an an impact. And it's hard because a lot of those guys, you know, really came on, like Ryan Myers is probably back to playing career best footy. Mm you're right that the Selwood absence leaves a gap, but Brandon Parfit, you know, had missed through injury. And before yeah. that, I mean, Parfit ranked second. I believe he was second to Tom Atkins in, um, you know, pressure acts. He was second in tackles or fourth in tackles. He was mm-hmm. uh, in the top five for clearances. So he, he it's not like he was a, a bit part player. He was, he was a key cog in that midfield. So I don't know. Who slides yeah. out? And I think it is a great problem to have because I think that's the sort of competition you want over, you know, this sort of training camp period, this preseason period where it's, there's a, there's a competition for spots. And, and that's the sort of thing, that's the urgency right, that drives right. premiership teams.
0: I mean, and you look at, you know, you look at the players that left. I mean, you've got players that, you know, that were still in their prime, you know, Francis Evans, Quentin Narkle, who just, you know, could not break through. You know, narco, you, you almost you feel bad for him a little bit because he couldn't couldn't break through on a on a consistent basis. Uh and the name is escaping me of the young man that went out to West Coast right now. Um Jermaine Jones. Oh um yeah. Yep. is it Jermaine Jones? Yeah, that went out there. he who uh, he was, went Jordan Murdoch went to Frio as well, if you yeah, think about Murdoch leaving as well. Yeah, yeah, could not you know who could not break through on a consistent basis, who've gone on and had some success in other places, you know, and I imagine Evans is going to probably have some success at port. Um, You know, Cooper Stevens was kind of bogged down where he was, and now he's at Hawthorne. So he's, you know, he's just, you know, he's persona and grata now, but uh that's right. <laughs> but, you know, you know, Luke <laughs> dollhouse, you know, was still contributing, although he tends, to, he had tended to be the whipping boy for a lot of people. If things weren't going well, it was Luke dollhouse's fault. Um, And then, mm. you know, Sean Higgins, you know, was just, he was at the tail end, but you know, this is a guy who had a terrific career, but Mm. you know, he got forced out by other folks as well. So, I mean, there was a lot of talent that left and yet there's still, is going to be a hard time putting people, you know, getting people on there might have a really, really good VFL side this year too.
1: Well, yeah. And it's funny. You should say that. I I remember the the 2007 premiership, um, you know, Coincided with the 2007 VFL Premiership as well. And mm-hmm. that often happens if you think throughout history. I, I could have even been that happened with the Western Bulldogs as well, the year they won the flag in 2016. I think they might have won the VFL flag as well. Like when you're going well, generally you're going well at multiple levels okay. and this depth to your squad. I, I think there's a case to be made that outside of the Joel Selwood loss, which is irreplaceable. If you take that out of the equation, I think Geelong not only got better, but they got younger.
0: Oh, absolutely. With what yeah. they've brought in. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you sent out Dollhouse, you sent out, you know, Higgins. Now they're still, I think they still might, be, and, and and full disclosure, if this is the first episode you're listening to, I'm going to be 60 a little bit later this year. So me me talking about players who are, who are considered old? Who are young enough to be my children? I, I I still have a hard time wrapping my head around that. I guess I have to face the fact that I'm I'm officially an old fart now. But uh you know, the, even though they are con- on the older side of of the the ledger, they manage mm. the club so well, and having the ability to 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 tell you know Patty Dangerfield, well, you're gonna you're gonna you know rest this week. You know we're gonna you know, we're you know Tom Hawkins. You know you're gonna be out for a round or two while your foot is healing and, you know, hopefully Shannon Neal is healthy enough or Radigalia is healthy enough mm. to step in and be that, that other tall, the first few rounds, um, to replace him. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good things, good things going on there. So what do you, what do you think about the, the, the move to to bring Daisy Pearson to work with the coaching staff?
1: Uh, hugely excited. We actually played a game, uh on the pod uh probably I don't know, maybe at the start of the season last year. Uh and it was who who would you bring in, you know, from, you know, to, to who would you add to the club? I think that was the game we were playing. And, and it sort of had to be from someone outside of men's footy. And um uh my brother Sam said he wanted to see Daisy Pierce brought in and and we were very happy when it when it happened. Um I, I think it's incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would like, you know, the NFL has the Manning cast, you know, for their for their Thursday night football or Monday night football, whatever right, it was. Right. I I sort of wanted a Pierce cast, uh, for or the Pierce presentation for for mm-hmm. footy where it was just Daisy Pierce educating me on the ins and outs of a game and what was happening schematically. I don't need ball by ball coverage. I just right, need right. someone to sort of break down the schematics. I think she's brilliant. It's, I think she's brilliant. Yeah, go, go no, for it. go ahead.
0: Finish your sentence there because I'm just – oh, just go ahead.
1: I, 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 think, I think she's brilliant. I think she's a brilliant um, presence to bring into the Cats because it's not only the footy side of things, which mm-hmm. I think she's demonstrated – an incredible aptitude and understanding and knowledge for she's obviously played the game for you know a long long time and and achieved at all sorts of levels including the highest one now but it's other stuff that i've heard her speak on it's when she's been on radio shows speaking about you know political things you know whether it's equality in footy whether it's about you know there was some stuff around the queens passing and you know how that should be approached with uh the aflw's indigenous round and all those sorts of things the way she speaks um i think she's a tremendous person to bring into your footy club because Mm -hmm. i think she understands the modern player she understands the modern person and i think it's a real real sign that geelong is investing in the future of footy which is going to be a mix of different genders a mix of different opinions and views Mm -hmm. um
0: which i love yeah it's we we spoke last night i did one of the uh the discussions about you know how do we get nfl student or nfl fans here to watch the game and pay attention to it and i advocated that that you know if she's not coaching with with the cats and who knows maybe someday she's going to be the the uh the person that runs the league, mm. who knows, but um, let's, let's look yeah. at some other things first, but I, I'd suggested I would love to have her, as you said, just have her there talking about the game and talking about the nuts and bolts of how things work, have her doing the broadcast for like, you know, like the weekly mm. game of the week. Yeah. Cause we, we get all, you know, we get like four or five games on like regular television here, regular like cable or satellite television here, but then the other four or five are on like a, a pay package, but having her do one of those mm-hmm. games and explaining that I think would be a wonderful way to, to cover the game. So her name came up just last night about doing that, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what she brings to the table. You know, I know that last year, you know, having Eddie Betts there, I I'm sure, you know, paid huge dividends with Tyson Stangle being there. Um, And I'm hoping that he's there for the next eight or nine years, you know, or if not, however long he wants to be there. But uh, I think she's an absolute icon of this game and the fact that they've got her in the fold you know hopefully she you know enjoys it and it's something she wants to continue doing and i know she's got little ones at home and i know, you know the male players have little ones at home as well but yeah you know, and i don't know where she lives in relationship to geelong in terms of the travel time and that sort of thing but uh yeah it's uh i think it was a coup for the, the cats to get her on their side going forward and i think it's going to really pay off you know huge dividends for them going forward here so mm, absolutely yeah. agree yeah yeah looking at the the schedule for this year you know that they uh you know the cats uh they they of course they they start off with the magpies which again you know not going to be an easy contest for them and then no. you know you've got the blues right after that who just lost zach williams to an acl yesterday uh which is really mm. really unfortunate but then you, know, you got the Suns, who yeah i've i've not done my predictions for the latter yet but i'm i'm pr- pr- i've almost convinced myself that the sons are coming in to replace somebody in the eight this year i think this is the year they finally shove their way through the door um and i and i and the great grand scheme of things i think it might be good for the the comp to have them make the finals finally for all of the investment that they have put into that side you know hopefully you don't really yeah, like the nfl it's, does it's...
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) It's crazy to think that they haven't got in. Yeah. You know, like that they've been there so long. I only went back and I was looking at some Gary Ablett Jr. stats, as I'm want to do from time Mm -hmm. to time, and looking at his 2012 season where he had seven games for the Suns of 40 disposals or more, and they missed the finals. And there's a game in there against Essendon in round three where he had four, I think it was 45 touches. 13 clearances, seven tackles, and two goals, and they lost by 15 points. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. Was he playing 22 on one?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think that wow. was the Gary Ablett era in yeah. go, in the Gold Coast, and it would be good for the comp. Um yeah. I can't say I'm Stuart Jew's biggest fan um, because of his Hawthorne 2008 connection, but <laughs> look, for the... For, those those wounds run deep but yes i get it. I, look i, get it. I, I wouldn't be,
0: i wouldn't begrudge the suns um yeah making a jump up yeah i i i would like to see it begin i don't know who i don't know who it would be that i would drop out quite yet although one of the preview in one of the previews that i have done what with one of the clubs who was in the eight last year the the podcast host that and i don't want to say which one right now but they felt that their club is going to drop out of the eight. And it's mm-hmm. not one that a lot of people think. Yeah, I'll tell you about. I'll tell you about that one after we wrap up. But they, I was I was very surprised yeah, okay. because it was uh, it was I was shocked when they thought nah, I don't think they're going to make it this year. I was like, wow, because you know, a lot of people are also thinking mm. Carlton's going to get in this year. And they're finally going to kick the door down. Yeah, yeah. And of we'll course, see. you know, we'll Collingwood would love to break their hearts <laughs> one more time. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just
0: tragic. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that almost sounded genuine uh yeah my dad my
1: dad's a my dad's a carlton supporter he's the only one in the family who's not geelong so i have a small i have a i have some amount of empathy towards that's
0: uh, that's fair enough that's fair enough so you know and then you know the cats who they're doubling up with this year they don't have it's not an easy time for them so you got that swans the pies bulldogs Port, who I don't think is, I don't think Port was as bad as their record last year. They just, you know, got behind the eight ball real quick and you know fought their way back. But yeah, and then you know, of course Fremantle and the Bombers, you know, and the Bombers Mm. can't be as dysfunctional this year as they were last year. It's not going to happen. And I did notice that the Bombers they're actually going to Geelong this year. That that doesn't happen very often. That doesn't happen often. You know, it must no. have been, must uh, well, have been. You know what? You guys were so bad last year. We're going to make you go, Richmond and Richmond and Collingwood have to stay it. home. So yeah, you guys can travel down to the wasteland of Geelong. You know, down yeah. to the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Well, you know, and, <laughs> but you, do you? And, and just from what I've been able to, you know, to watch from a distance, again, never having been there, it seems as though Geelong has, as you talked about, you know, the culture of the community and the the people, who, the kids who grew up playing in that area, that's what sort of i does Geelong have, in your mind, a a bit of an advantage over the other clubs in Melbourne because they are kind of that in that little isolated bubble in terms of bringing in, you know, kids from their own area? Maybe not on the first contract, but after they've played the well, we saw it with Henry and you know this year. So, do you think they've got that bit of an advantage? Yeah.
1: I, yeah, look, I, I think Geelong have have built themselves an advantage. They've worked with what they've got because you could, you could really, you know, I think any situation. But I'll frame it like this: I think it's inexcusable that the big inner city clubs like your Carlton's, like your Collingwoods, your Richmonds, etc., mm-hmm. go through periods of um, you know cellar dwelling. That to me is with the resources on hand and, and the rich history you have, um I think it's a failure to execute the advantage that you have. And and I think I think we will see Carlton turn it around pretty quickly, um, under the new management. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I, I just think you can either you can do multiple things when you're faced with a situation. You can either complain about where you find yourself or you can get to work trying to work out what are the parts of your situation that you can maximize. And I think that's what Geelong have essentially done over the last 20 years. You could say, Hey, we're this, you know, smaller city, you know, where the the little brother of Melbourne down the highway and, you know, people are, you know, it's a bit of a sleepy town by comparison. And maybe there's not the nightlife and maybe there's not this or that. And, you know, from my experience, there's plenty of plenty of good stuff to do around Geelong, but what Geelong have basically done, I think is, is offer a really, you know, uh, attractive, uh, landing spot to play your footy. It's mm-hmm. it's a successful club with a blueprint for maintaining success. Um, there's the opportunity, if you like surf, we've got surf. If you like, you know, the country, we've got the country. If there's, You know, if you want to do a bit of farming, there's farms. If you want, you know, inner city life, we've got inner city. Uh, you know, you're only an hour's drive, Max, from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I, I think Geelong have done a great job at marketing themselves as an attractive landing spot. Um, so yes, I do think we have an advantage, but I think it's an advantage that's been built. I don't think it was just an inherently, it wasn't something that just existed inherently. Right, right. Um, you know, Geelong were in a bad spot, not so long ago in the, in the context of footy history, you go back to the nineties and that sort of thing. And, you know, despite having successful years on the field, like Ge- Geelong were in, we in a struggling spot in terms of their stadium, in terms of finance. So, yeah, I do think presently we do have an advantage, and I think Richmond are trying to build themselves an advantage um, in, in a similar way. I think by all clubs should be trying to. By never That's right, MCG, by, never yes. leave, by having <laughs> 16 of 22 games at the MCG, absolutely. So, yeah, we do have an advantage, but I think it's been a hard-won hard, hard won and hard-earned advantage, yeah. um, and it's one that other clubs can close the gap on if they're smart enough about it. Yeah,
0: and I... And I I, and to me, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, yeah, one of the reasons I became a cat supporter is that when I was deciding on which club to support, I, I kind of was looking at it because I wanted to, I wanted to support a club that was not kind of in that big hub with the, with all the other nine clubs in Melbourne. I wanted, I was looking for something outside of that. And I actually, my I narrowed it down to the final two clubs before I decided on the cats was Geelong and Brisbane, you know, kind of both. Yeah you know, at opposite ends of of that sort of thing, you know, and I think Brisbane has, they're Mm. kind of doing the same thing in Brisbane that, that Geelong is doing, Um, Mm. you know, so, so what is your, what's your bold prediction for the club for this year? What, what, you know, what, what prediction do you want to make that maybe other people might go, Whoa, okay. Not, not expecting that.
1: Oh, that's a hard one because I think, because we're in the spot now where where Geelong, there's a lot of people saying Geelong will go back to back, mm-hmm. which is so funny when you, when you rewind to the start of last year, which was, well, they've run out of puff now. They're about to fall flat on their face. They're about to tank out of the eight. It's over. Right. They pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. And it's like suddenly 12 months on, people have totally rewritten their narrative. You know, there's <laughs> sometimes I think we need a bit of a, uh, uh, we, we did, a, did a bit of a postseason analysis on 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 the media outlets who said you know said that Geelong yes. uh, cooked yeah so look it, it's a tough one to make a bold prediction um what I maybe I'll I'll make it about a player can I make it about That's, a player
0: yeah, it can be whatever you'd like yeah All
1: right well I'll make one about a player I, I think that and it's something I would like to see happen. I suppose I think that Tom Atkins is going to pick up where he left off playing his best footy. I think the, in the with the absence of Selwood, I think Atkins is going to really step in to that bullocking kind of midfield role that, um, uh, yeah i think he becomes a key cog I, th- I think he becomes a key cog in that midfield i just think he offers a selfless um you know combativeness to yep. the side um that no one else really brings and so yeah i think tom atkins to to have his his career best season after having a
0: career best season right right yeah i had i had jotted down i'd, I'd written down the letters a a on there because I, I thought that might have been where you were going with that so
1: <laughs> well absolutely yeah, yeah. i think i think he could yeah, yeah i really think he could uh, yeah yeah definitely
0: so when the season ends whatever round the cats play their final game and let you know and i think both of us are hoping that uh that of course that they're they're hoisting a a large cup again and there's a and you know just you know a you know a significant amount of your know, blue and white confetti blowing around the MCG. Um <laughs> What yeah. is what's the headline in the Geelong Advertiser the next day after the Cats final game? Oh, wow. That's, well, that was that the final headline.
1: man, <sighs> what about what about too old, too slow, two in a row.
0: Ooh, I like that. I love that. <laughs>
1: There i love go. that i that's love what that it is
0: okay that is, that is outstanding that uh, that's that is outstanding that's so i uh, can put that on the the addy can we can we go ahead and yeah so we might want to go ahead and uh, like trademark that right now just in case you better trademark right, let's, that let's you yeah, let's trademark sell some t-shirts you know, get that get you know you know go ahead and get that registered as soon as we get done here. So, cause nobody's going to hear about it for you know, a week or two while I'm getting these things edited here. But, uh, so are, funny, are you, the, the, go the, ahead.
1: The guy, you know, the, the, the banner in the it, that started to come out across the season that was too old, too slow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was one of our listeners who after hearing us go on about, Oh, the media always says it's too, we you know, we're too slow. We're too old. Yeah. One of our listeners made this banner. Um, and yeah was waving it around and uh, that was really cool to see um to see that out there that was awesome and then then they had a they had a section that peeled off at the end that was um too good so it became yes. too old too slow too good premieres 2022 yeah yeah there's
0: that. uh that that uh what is it that website the tcd website that sells a lot of uh 40 oh, yeah, stuff yeah. yeah they they have they have one of the uh the shirts that, that you know, the other too old too slow too good t-shirts yeah yeah, from there, that's great. But so, are you ready for a little Cats trivia before we wrap up? Oh, absolutely! Let's embarrass myself. Well, <laughs> I, I'll I'll try not to. I'll and if if you do well, you, that's great. If you don't do well, that's okay. You can you can blame it on your brother for not being here. You can just say absolutely. Oh, that that, that would have been his question. <laughs> yeah, he would have had that question. Okay. So these eight players, all of them who played at least seventeen games last year averaged at least 20 disposals a game for the cats we had eight players average 20 eight, disposals eight game players even, that averaged 20 wow. disposals a game and they, they all played at least 17 games uh uh selwood yes was one
1: Dangerfield was one yep cam guthrie was one
0: yep mitch duncan mitch duncan was one um did tom stewart Tom Stewart did. You have three more. Uh, Three more.
1: Uh, I feel like I'll say, but I think if I said Dangerfield yet. Yes, you did. Yeah, you said Stewart, Guthrie, Duncan, Dangerfield, and Selwood. Oh, Parfit, I don't think did, but I'm going to say Parfit. He's one. Parfit did. Oh, he did. There There you go. He did. And I've said, I've said, Cam Guthrie.
0: I'm going to say um, Isaac Smith. Isaac Smith is one. Uh huh. You've got one more. Oh, gee, it must. Have, I was trying to think. I, I would think it'd have to be a midfielder. Uh, occasionally. Think occasionally. <laughs> Not Mark Blixarves. No. Uh-uh. No, uh, he, he just, he's all over the ground. You have mentioned him earlier tonight, too.
1: Oh. Have I just? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I've yeah. got no idea. It's not coming to. Yeah, no,
1: it's not coming to mind. I, I mentioned him earlier in the episode, did I? Yes, you you know, did. My, my memory for even what I've said is. is terrible. <laughs> I'm pretty happy having got Sev okay. seven out of eight. So Vectu, you can. Yeah, who was it? Vector. Oh wow! <laughs> Underrated season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Mm. yep. So, who was the last player? To lead the Cats in goals kicked in a season before Tom Hawkins? James Podziadli. Yes. In 2011. Yes. Uh huh. One of my favorite players. I like his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this 25 game player led the club with 94.9% time on ground last year. Uh, Mark Blixarves. Tom Hawkins. Oh,
1: of course it was Hawkins. Of course. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you know the, yeah. do you know the six players who played 300 games for the Cats? Uh, well, Sal would it be one?
1: Uh-huh. Joel Corey. Corey Enright. Corey Enright's one. Um, Jimmy Bartel, you get to 300? Mm-hmm. 305. <sighs> uh, so what's that? Is that four? Was Joel That's... Corey one? Did... Joel Corey was not. Uh-uh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <sighs> did Matthew Scarlett get to 300? He did not. Hmm. So this is interesting. What do we got? We've yeah. got Enright. Yeah. We've
0: got Selwood. Yeah, Enright, Selwood, and Bartel.
1: Hawkins has
0: mm-hmm. played 300 now. You have um, one you have one that is uh at 325 games and one that's at 300 even. Cool. Um
1: Sell would pass somewhere. I'm trying to tell I me mean, obviously he's passed everyone. yeah Sell would pass. And right, yeah, with... it's
0: yeah, Sell was at 355. enright 332 Hawkins 327. The one the one you have not named is at 325. are are these two guys still playing for the cats they are not they are not give me a second and i can tell i can tell you when the last time was that they had played so um let me i should know this this is terrible of me um (laughs) well (laughs) i i I reckon that they were part of that that side one stopped playing in 1983 and the other one in 1980. (sighs) Oh
1: no, I've 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 got no idea. Okay. So the, the 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 longer tenured Cats fans will be killing me, but I was born in nineteen ninety, so I didn't watch
0: a lot of footy in the eighties. That's no excuse <laughs> for not knowing about history, though. I'm sorry. Okay. Sam Newman had three hundred games. Of course. And Ian yeah. Nankervis had three twenty five. Okay, I should have known Sam Newman, and I probably should have known Nankervis, but yeah. Okay. Is is that is he related? I'm. Assuming, I'm that's not a very common last name. So is he related to Toby Nankervis?
1: I don't know.
0: I, I don't I'm know either. Sure. So yeah, if you're if you're listening, let me mm. know because I i haven't done that digging yes. on it yet, but that's not exactly a very common name. Mm. Yeah. So um this 23 game player led the club with five point four one percenters per game last year. And you've mentioned him already Ooh. tonight too. Perfect. No, and you even kind of mentioned him in this context also. Oh, Tom Atkins? Sam DeConing. Wow. Yeah. Oh,
1: interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Like, what an incredible, I mean, second year player, but mm-hmm. in
0: terms of actually being a regular yeah, star, in games, yeah, yeah, what an amazing. Yeah. 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 Now, huh? Since you weren't watching games in the 1980s, I'm guessing you were not watching games in the 1920s either. So you may not, you may not know that you may not know this the senior coach to win the first premiership for Geelong. Wow. Um. And it's okay if you don't, because I, I had to look it up. It's not yeah, like- no,
1: I <laughs> I don't, but I, I I can almost guarantee there'll be something named after him. Do you know what I mean? Uh, there'll, be, there'll be a
0: stand or a- I think so. Cliff Rankin.
1: Oh now, Cliff Rankin. I I'm not hundred percent sure about this, but I wouldn't I feel like I've heard that Georgie Rankin from the AFLW side, has that there's a relation there. Whether that was her yeah, there's definitely she definitely has relation
0: within the club. So I don't know if that's the one, but yeah, there you go. Okay. I have I, I see since it's the cats, I wrote a couple extra questions here. If you, if you're interested, I, I got a couple that I think. are Absolutely. Are okay. So who led the club with 489 meters gained per game last year? I reckon it was one of the,
1: Oh, I've got a couple of names. So I'm going to cheat and get to yes. It's, was it was it, was it Isaac Smith or was it, Patrick Dangerfield.
0: It was neither of them. Uh, Tom Stewart. Yeah. He <laughs> would have been my third.
1: He would have been my third underrated ability to drive the team down the field. Mm-hmm. Tom Stewart. Mm-hmm. Now, um,
0: who has a, who has a higher winning percentage as the senior coach of the cats, bomber Thompson or Chris Scott. Chris Scott. Yes, he does. Yep. 70.2 to 62.5. Yep. And the yep. last one for you. This is the last question here. All right. Is the current 16 game winning streak for the Cats the longest one in club history? <gasps> no. It's not. Yep. 23 games uh, started in round 12 in 1952 and ended in round 13 of 1953. Yep. What a streak you did pretty solid on this. I mean, you, I gave you you a couple of extra questions there and, you know, and I, you know, I gave you somebody that, you know, that coached a premiership team 98 years ago. And, uh, you know, so I threw, I threw a lot of, you know, things out of uh, left field, you know, at you there. So you did, you did pretty darn well. I'm, I'm impressed.
1: 98 years old is about the cats recruiting demographic according to Richmond and Hawthorne
0: fans. So yes, well, yeah, and, and Collingwood, Collingwood fans. There's, I know there's a couple that, that think that as well. Yes. I won't That's mention right. them by name, but I will say I'm talking to you, Nick, just in case you're listening. Um, so uh, Jake, before we wrap up, where can people find your podcast and where can they find your socials so they can give you a follow if they haven't been doing it already? yeah
1: absolutely um myself sambo and johnny we podcast at least once a week um year round during the season it's two to three times a week men's and women's cats Mm -hmm. footy you can find us on facebook instagram twitter the chaps chat cats um and wherever you get your your podcasts
0: okay and you've all you're also on patreon as well right yeah we do have a Patreon uh, five bucks a month, and it's you know video
1: episodes of all our shows, plus a few extra bits and pieces. We did a an AFLW stat pack uh, for our Patreon subscribers that sort of got into a breakdown of different areas of how the team was succeeding last year. So that's just an example of some of the little extra bits and pieces that we throw our beloved patreon subscribers way
0: outstanding outstanding so uh jake i want to thank you for taking time out of your morning man i i I appreciate it sorry your brother couldn't be here because you know the questions that you didn't know i'm sure he would have known right that's right (laughs) absolutely now is he a little older than you or is he younger
1: he he's a little younger he's 18 months younger than me so 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 he so he wasn't
0: why he wasn't watching footy in the 80s either so no
1: no none of us were <laughs> myself sam and johnny were all all okay. early
0: 1990s lads so yeah <laughs> uh, er, early early 1960s here so god i'm old uh but hey <laughs> i i appreciate it man this has been this has been a lot of fun i mean i i i can't thank you know you as you know as, as as a footy fan for you know for sharing the game with me and you know you know and people who have just been you know so kind in in all the years that i've been following the game and just have not said you're a dumb american just go away i i appreciate the you know that you know that the fact that you guys have been welcoming of me to be willing to sit down and chat and that sort of thing so i, I truly appreciate it
1: oh absolutely man no worries there at all i appreciate the uh the invite to talk about it with you and um there's nothing better. It's the, it's the unifying uh, power of sport, you know, can bring people yes. together from all over the world. And uh, yeah, it's just terrific. So thanks for the opportunity to come on and
0: chat cats. You bet. Absolutely. And of course, you know, it, as long as the Steelers are playing the Ravens, I'll be a big Steelers fan. But <laughs> <That's it's...
1: right>. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Jake. That's I appreciate good.
0: it, man. Thanks, mate. You bet. All right, Jake, thanks so very much for that, man. I appreciate appreciate you taking time to sit down and chat with me. Love talking about the Cats. Uh, looking forward to another great year. Will it be a repeat? We will have to see, but there are an awful lot of good clubs in this competition that are going to make it darn near impossible for them to do it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll get on the mailing list so that when a new episode comes out, it'll be in your inbox about 45 seconds after it's released. If you really enjoy the show and you've been listening, I hope you'll take a couple of moments and leave a review for the podcast as well. You can do that right from my website as well. There's a review button up at the top. Click on that. You can leave a review right on the page, or it'll take you to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts to leave a review there. If you want to help out the show and help keep the lights on, this is a one-man band here. I'm doing this solo here. You can click on the buy me a coffee button in the bottom left hand corner or if you like the logo that you see on the top of the website or on the top of this episode, you can check out my Redbubble store page as well. That's linked up at the top and pick up some uh, swag from the podcast if you'd like to do so as well. So again, I do hope you'll sign up for the mailing list. I do hope you'll, if you're so inclined, leave a review for the show. It really will help to get the show in front of more people. This has been a fantastic month for the podcast. Uh, I'm hoping March is the same as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please look out for each other. Check up on your friends. Let them know that you're okay. Find out if they're okay. If you need to talk to someone, please look at my show notes because I have the numbers for things like Beyond Blue in Australia and its equivalent here in the United States. Reach out to somebody if you need help. Talk to them. Let them know that you're not okay and that you need to speak to somebody. Don't keep that internalized. But let your friends know you're okay. Take them out for a coffee. Take them out for a beer. Whatever it is that you do for fun there, that'd be awesome. Let them know that you love them. And they're going to let you know that they love you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do appreciate the kind words that uh, keep flowing in. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. You know, you've been so generous, especially cat supporters. You've been so generous sharing this club with me, your passion for this club that I fell in love with back in 2017, and I cannot thank you enough for just being so generous with your time, with your sharing of information, that type of thing. Now, if you are a first-time listener to the podcast, I do end every episode the same way, and I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 237 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find A Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook or A Yank on the Footy on Instagram, or you can look up my name, Craig Wessels, on either Instagram and Facebook and hook up with me there. Love to chat. Love for you to check out the show and share it with your friends. And ladies and gentlemen, until next time, goodbye.